This evening, we light the final candle of our Advent journey, the Christ candle. This season is a reminder that we are Advent people. We live in the now and not yet. A season of anticipating what is to come and celebrating that which has already happened. The Christ candle reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world. Our longings for hope, peace, joy, and love are embodied in the person of Jesus, and we celebrate his birth this afternoon. Please pray with us. Holy God, you came into our world in the most humble way possible. You pierced the darkness of night with your great light and provided for all of us a savior. We celebrate and praise you this Christmas Eve for the precious gift of Jesus Christ, our Emmanuel, God with us. All glory and honor be yours this night and forevermore. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 4 through 20. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who he was pledged to be married to, and she was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The word of the Lord. Well, good evening and Merry Christmas to you. There's going to be three parts to our short devotional tonight. We're really focusing on the three characters of the nativity scene, obviously, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. The problem sometimes in digging into these characters is the Bible is frustrating for those of you who love deep character development in your stories, because the Bible doesn't always care about that. Their point is often to make a point about why they insert a particular story in a particular place. And Joseph is one of those characters. 
little is actually known about him outside of the nativity stories. Joseph makes only one other appearance in the Gospels, and that's when Jesus is at age 12 in the temple, and then he's out of the story. And many scholars believe that he may have died prior to Jesus' death. And the clue for this is found in the end of John's Gospel when Jesus is on the cross and he looks down at Mary, his mother, and he looks at John, one of his disciples, and says, Woman, here is your son, believing that perhaps because of Joseph's death that he was leaving Mary in John's care. I believe that the point of Joseph in this story is really found in Matthew chapter 1, where we read that Joseph, to whom Mary was engaged, was a righteous man. He did not want to disgrace her publicly, and so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now try to imagine Joseph's emotional and psychological response to this dream. Was the dream a result of way too spicy Thai food that he'd eaten the night before? Was the dream a result of the stress, perhaps, in their relationship? Maybe Joseph, as a carpenter, was one who liked things going to plan. Carpenters make things fit. They measure. They follow plumb lines. I'm guessing Joseph didn't like surprises because he was in control of how things got built. And perhaps his prayer after this vision was, God, this is so far outside of my own comfort zone. And maybe he had to rethink, am I really in charge of all the aspects of my life? God, trusting you in this is incredibly hard. Could you please send another angel to confirm the vision of the first one? And I think as all of us reflect on this past year, we can realize that we've probably questioned God in uncertain circumstances that we have found ourselves. The pandemic has not stopped other unwelcome surprises from invading our lives and intruding what we think we have control over. Some in our own congregation have received devastating news in a doctor's office. Some have experienced conflict with a spouse or a family member. And some have experienced, sadly, the death of a loved one. There's no question that Joseph did not get all the information that he wanted from this vision. Joseph would forever be looked at with questions by those in his small town. Only he and Mary knew the true account of this pregnancy. There were no DNA tests to prove it otherwise. But in spite of that, he took Mary as his wife. 
He chose the harder moral decision that also had possible and likely public disgrace attached to it. By faith, Joseph demonstrated both mercy and grace towards Mary. He shut down his carpentry business. He headed to Bethlehem with his pregnant fiancée. All the while, likely carrying the emotional questions, the hurt and the anxiety over this strange and scandalous pregnancy. So what might Joseph's example mean for us entering the year 2021? The text in Matthew 1 says that Joseph was a righteous man, alluding to the fact that he had a life of knowing and trusting God. He trusted God's covenant promise to the people of Israel. And he was in a spiritual posture of receiving what God had for him. In simple terms, we could say that Joseph demonstrated faith. Jesus, after his resurrection and appearance to his disciples, the famous connection with Thomas, Thomas said to him in John 20, My Lord and my God, after he had been able to physically put his fingers in Jesus' side and see his hands. But then Jesus says something interesting. Because you have seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. So I leave you with this question. Are you willing to take necessary steps to follow Jesus by faith in this new year? And are you willing to do that without having all the information and specifics that you wish God would give you? I conclude with the wonderful summary from the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, where he wrote this memorable truth. For we walk by faith and not by sight. May the light of Jesus Christ help deepen your faith in him as both the Savior and the Lord of your life. Amen. Merry Christmas. You may be thinking to yourself, this is the most peculiar Christmas Eve you have ever had. Unfortunately, I think that Mary and Joseph will always have us beat with that. I imagine myself this time of year, if I were Mary, I would be a bit bewildered with the pregnancy and labor I just experienced with the birth of Christ. When I was about to have my first child, Mary, I can remember a few months before she was due, my doctor gave me this thick packet and in it was the questions that they had for me according to my birth plan. She told me I needed to fill it out and give it to her at my last appointment before my due date. I can remember going home that day and opening up the packet and looking at all the questions they had for me to think through and to answer. Questions such as, are the nurses allowed to talk to you? And if so, what kind of topics can they talk about? How do you want the lighting in your room to be? Would you like music to be playing? And if so, what music would you like and what volume? The questions went on and on. I remember feeling so overwhelmed that at the end I finally just wrote, I would like this baby to come out of me 
and I would like it if we both survived. As I've been thinking about Mary for this message, I could not help but think about what was her birth plan with Jesus. Did she say something like, I really like animals, so I would like it to be in a stable. And preferably, I'd like to be at least a three days journey from my family and relatives. And I would like to take that journey on a donkey, if possible, right before I'm about to give birth. And finally, I would really like it if strangers came and admired my newborn child. I would imagine that a modern day Mary would have some choice words with God about how this plan all went down. We Americans, we love our plans. As you can see with the birth plan that I was given before I was going to give birth to my first child. We see it with the expectations and the plans that we make for our children before they're even born. We come into this world with somebody already planning what's the first song we're gonna hear as we enter the world. From birth to 18, those years are already pretty marked off well for us. And then after that, we're given a skeleton plan, right? Maybe college, get married, have children, buy a house, retire. But then when those plans aren't met, when they, we don't meet those expectations, oftentimes we can be disappointed with how our life is going. Perhaps that's why many of us have struggled with this pandemic. It has upset the plan. Now don't get me wrong, I think plans are great. I think they can orient us, that they can give us purpose and direction. I think the problem becomes when our plans become our expectation. And that when we see the plan start to unravel or change, we are unable to shift with it. And we are unable to then see the good because all we're focused on is our expectation of how the plan didn't work out. I'd imagine that this modern day Mary, she maybe wouldn't have been able to go with the flow like the Mary that we see in scripture. The Bible tells us that many are the plans of the human heart, but God establishes the steps. In the person of Mary, we see if she did have plans for this birth of Jesus, she held them very loosely. We don't see her protesting the journey to Nazareth or cursing God that there was no room available and she had to give birth in a stable. We don't see her off put by these shepherds and strangers stopping by to behold the king. Quite the opposite. The word tells us that Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. This day we can be led by the example of Mary, of who she was, because what she did is she offered herself and her life to the service of God. She trusted that God's plans were undeniably better than what her plans could be and she let God lead. Perhaps the most fundamental lesson in our life with Christ. And when we allow God to lead, we may be taken to a distant land, or we may be find ourselves in undesirable circumstances. But there's a truth that we have Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is with us no matter those circumstances. And when Jesus is present, we know that near is hope and peace and joy and love. Let us be like Mary, 
Let us give our lives to the service of our King. Let us trust that a God whose plan was to send to us a Savior, that he would forgive us of all of our sin and wrongdoing and lavish upon us love. This Christmas, may we treasure this gift. May we ponder it in our hearts and seek to live lives for God's plan and God's glory. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas from the Steele home. We've heard about Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, and Mary, his mother, and now it's time to look at that baby in the manger, the star of the show. John's Gospel does not give us any details about the birth of Jesus. Instead, he begins with this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that had been made. His life was the light for all mankind, and his light shines in the darkness, but the darkness does not overcome it. John wanted us to know that Jesus was more than a baby born in a manger, more than someone who came to earth to show us how to lead a good life. He wanted us to know that Jesus was fully God and fully human at the same time. Many of our Christmas carols speak of this wonderful truth, but as we sing them year after year, we can become deaf to those words. Listen to a few phrases from Charles Wesley's carol, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. Mild he lay his glory by, born that man no more may die. Late in time behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. You see, Jesus left his throne in heaven, his divine place, to come and dwell on earth with us. And not only did he leave that majestic place for earth, but he also took on the frailty of human form. That's the incarnate deity. You see, God the Son chose to become fully human. He was a helpless baby born in a manger who'd grow up to experience all the difficulties that we experience as humans. And there are many. Sickness, broken relationships, disappointments, and so much more. You see, Jesus wanted us to know that our Savior, our Lord, could relate to everything that we go through as humans. The Son of God, he was not born in a gilded palace or even a clean hospital room, but instead he was born into the dusty human existence that we all experience. The birth of Jesus clearly shows God's uh, desire to relate to his creation. Because John says later, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, he came to dwell with his people. A dwelling place is a place where you live. It's a place where you put down stakes, where life happens. It's a place where we experience joy and sadness and the messiness of life. It's our dwelling place. 
The name Emmanuel shows that Jesus and God wanted to dwell with his people. You see, Matthew's gospel says, and his name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus chose to dwell with us in a very special and extraordinary way. He chose to do life with you and me every day. He chose to be with us in the dark, messy, and sometimes lonely places of our life because he wanted to bring his life and light to us. In this season of Christmas, may we all realize that our Savior has come to dwell with us in every area of our life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The birth of our Savior is a reminder that God loves us and dwells with us still. Pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. May we this Christmas experience that in a very profound way. God with us. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Amen. Merry Christmas, Church. It's been wonderful to be with you this Christmas Eve. Please receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance and give you his peace now and forevermore. Amen.